and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. All right, praise God. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Remnant Call. Glad to be here with you. We missed The Remnant Call last week, but um, had some family things going on, and we'll speak about them here momentarily um, with a new baby being born, and um, just wasn't the right time last week. And uh, But I know that our God is good. He's got us back here on The Remnant Call, and I'm so thankful to be here. Folks, these are challenging times. These are times when I just don't think anybody is... uh, Let me restate that. I don't think the world is prepared for what's coming. But I know one thing. Those of us who follow the Lord will not only be prepared, I believe, but we will be carried and we will be taken care of through these times of trouble. There's nothing to fear because perfect love casteth out all fear. And folks, one thing that is true in all this knowledge and warnings and everything that's going on, we need to get a fresh glimpse of the perfect love. The Bible is very specific in calling us back to the old paths and also to finding our first love. It's time to fall in love all over again with Jesus. And folks, I'll tell you what, when you are in love with the Savior, when you're in love with our Heavenly Father, there is such a joy and a peace that will come into your heart. It's that kind of peace that allowed the martyrs while burning at the stake to clap their hands. To be able to go down for the Lord with absolute confidence, even when they were in the midst of the lion's den, Daniel knew the power of his God. That's what we're talking about. And this is the hour, and I believe tonight we have a special guest who is going to help us understand a little bit better about where is God in this time. And so I'm going to bring on our guest tonight, Brother David Murray. You're, you know David well if you've listened to the Remnant Call. David, are you here with us? I am, Frank. Thank you. Amen. Um, David has uh, been just a special friend, a brother, um, also a good friend, uh, Benjamin, myself, and David. Um, There's a few people in this earth that you know you can count on. And David, you are one of those people, brother. And I just say God bless you and thank you for your friendship and reliability in times of need. Uh, Brother, it's, it's just, it's... It's hard to say sometimes those words of checking up on me or praying, know you're praying, it just means a lot. And brother, I appreciate you for that. And I, um, I just want to say God bless you and thank you and welcome to the Remnant Call tonight. 
Um, David, I'd asked you that when we came on this evening, um, because I know you have a message on your heart to share, that we could share a little bit about what's going on, some of the people we know, and have some time of prayer as we're getting started. Um, and I'm just going to open up with a few things, folks. I right now have three good friends who have COVID, um, friends who know the Lord, who love the Lord. My One of my really close friends, um, Ronnie, Ronnie, uh, I love you, man. I know you're going to be listening, running a call. You lost his dad this morning. Um, and that's tough. And, uh, the hardest part was being sick and not being able to go down there and be with him. But finally, I know Ronnie, you got down there anyways, you could put a mask on, you went anyways, God bless you, brother. And, uh, we're ministering there to his father in his last moments on this earth. And folks, there's a lot of people right now that are just suffering in turmoil. And David, I know you too have experienced a lot of, of people with this. And not only that, but you've also had the opportunity to minister with people. And, and if you could share with the moment what's been going on in your life right now uh, with, the, with the struggles, because I, I want us to bring this before the Lord tonight. Sure, Frank. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh for for those of you that don't know, um, you know, I live in New York. Uh, you know, I'm born and raised in New York, and um, many many years ago, uh, the Lord made it very clear to me when I was very young that this was going to be the place of our home base where um, my wife and I and, and our family would grow up and have roots in a base camp. That we were called to be a light here. And a lot of things, uh, spiritually speaking, start in New York. Um, we may not always see them, right, because they're, they're spiritually discerned and things manifest out in the flesh. And, and what's been going on this season with, with this uh, flu, with this, this strain of this coronavirus has, um, has been no exception. And New York has been really tough, got hit hard. Many, many people in this area, um, you know, New York was absolutely gripped with fear um, with uncertainty, um, the harvest has been unbelievable. Um, for those of you that aren't in New York, um, that, that have a certain picture of what it's like to live in such dark areas, I, I just want to encourage you that the lost are looking for light. They're looking to see Jesus manifested through those that profess to have him inside of us. Mm-hmm. And when they see Jesus not religion, when they see Jesus manifest in the earth, um, they're drawn to it. And I have, I have seen and witnessed some unbelievable things and continue to um, here in New York during this entire season. Um, you know, I, I've been praying for many people, most closely to home, I had to walk through my family, my mother, my father, my two brothers that live all live together right down uh, around the corner from us all came down with it. Um, and they were all, you know, perfect candidates, naturally speaking, to die. Um, my mother, mother um, had respiratory issues. My brother, one of our brothers had respiratory issues. And uh, my brother was in ICU. Um, and doctors still um, don't know how he pulled out of it. 
you know, naturally speaking, we do. We had a lot of a lot of strong prayer warriors praying, and, and, and many of you were praying, and, and so I thank you for that with all my heart. There is so much power in the blood of Jesus Christ. There is so much power um, when a child of God uh, takes in his and her seat as, as children of the living God and speak dominion over sickness, poverty, and death. And so that was a real challenge because we had so much going on here, Frank. We had so many, you know, personal things that were in a very, very busy season. Um, my wife being the principal, she had a principal from home, has to homeschool three kids at home. Uh, my, my business was considered an essential business. So I was working six days a week, all day and all night. And then on top of that, um, having to be quarantined from my family and, and um, um, having to make the decision how what would Jesus do in this situation? Uh, and I want to be very sensitive because in New York there's there's a lot of laws and a lot of legal fallout, and I'm in a, a position of um, of authority in my job. I run the business on behalf of other people, so um, I just want to be very sensitive to that what I do and don't share. But it was a very challenging season for us, um, so that really hit home. My brother just got released from the hospital. He's home now um, after being in ICU and being in the hospital for. Uh, time flies. I, I, I want to say three weeks. Um, and now uh, my father, my mother, and uh, my two brothers are all healthy, and and by the by, by the the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, are all recovering. Wow! I thank God for that. And I know David, you've been able to reach out and minister to others that are suffering right now, and um, it's tough. And, and folks, I, w- I want to bring. One more thing up to, or two more actually, that hit me hard last week. Uh, well, actually, it started two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, my sister-in-law was 20, or actually three weeks ago, a little over. She had to go to the hospital. She's 26 weeks pregnant. Um, they were able to get her to 27 weeks. And they had to give birth to my little nephew, Luke. And uh, I'll tell you, David, I was raised, um, my parents were uh, divorced when I was young, and thank God you all have heard my dad. My dad got converted. He's my best friend in the flesh on this earth, um, male friend. And, um, you know, but there were some tough times when I was a little kid, and uncles played a huge part in my life. And I, I so wanted to be, I want to be an uncle so bad. And even though I got children that are 20, you know, one years old, uh, you know, I, I still wanted to be that uncle and um, I have that little boy. I only had girls and um, and they came and, and he was born and and uh, he's alive and he's he's in an incubator and he's doing well. And he's he's been able to be pulled out and, and to be held. And and uh, it's been hard. Um, cried a lot of tears over him prayed a lot of prayers and we have warred in the spirit for this baby and we watch God sustain him and grow him and I'm so thankful for that and also for I'm thankful for uh, Benjamin and um, I wanted to mention him you know in the trials that he has been through trying to declare the hour and uh, and just praying for him and for everybody and and uh these are some tough times, folks, and, and God's people need to unite. There's a lot of false, there's a lot of silliness going on, but there's a true heart, and uh, 
It was in Elijah's day when he thought there was no one else. It was there. There's a true heart of believers out there who feel what God feels. And I believe that's the, the hurt and the pain that's going on right now. And so I wanted to have a time of prayer, David, if we could just open up with prayer. Remembering all these, and folks, I want to remember all of you and those that you are suffering with and those of you that are currently suffering, your family members, yourself. And we're just going to ask God for healing and believe it in the name of Jesus. And so, um, David, I'm going to begin with prayer and uh, ask that you could just follow up and, and, and close us out in prayer as we get started tonight. Father, I'm going to first off remember the when they ripped the ceiling, the roof off the ceiling to lower down that paralytic. And, and he needed healing so bad. But the first thing that our Savior said, Jesus said to him, is thy sins be forgiven thee. And so, Lord, I want to ask that our sins be forgiven. Everybody that's listening, Lord, that our sins be forgiven and cleansed because, Lord... If we've been forgiven and we know that we've accepted your forgiveness, then no matter what state we are in, if we pass this next moment, there's no worries. Because knowing and understanding that we've been forgiven, and I believe is the most powerful thing that you can understand, is that your sins have been forgiven. And so, Lord, we've received the forgiveness. And, Lord, I pray you would help us to embrace the power of knowing we've been forgiven. And Lord, I also want to pray for those that are suffering. I want to pray for Ronnie, for Todd, for Mike that are suffering with COVID and for and for David's brother who's now come home even though he's in recovery. Lord, we we pray in the name of Jesus that you would cast out, Lord, any more sickness left in Jesus name and be thrown out. That the power of God would come down mightily and that would cleanse them, Lord. We, we, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would bind up every false thing from the devil that's been thrown on them. You would cast it out. And that, Lord, you would bind your spirit up so close for comfort in this hour. Lord, I thank you so much that you knew the situation about little Luke before it even happened, Lord. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that his lungs would be healed. And Lord, that he would begin that that he would still continue to develop so that when this was over with, he would be a normal child. Lord, I thank you for this healing for him, for this growth for him that he needs so desperately. And Lord, for my brother and my sister-in-law, that their lives would be committed completely to you. That this moment in their life would be the moment that their eyes would truly be opened to their need for the Savior. I thank you for this. I thank you for David's brother that we have actually seen him be pulled back from the grips of death. I thank you for all the prayers that have been warred over him and the answers that you've given, Lord. I thank you because our God loves us and he's been so faithful. And for the audience members that have suffered tremendous 
Those that are suffering right now, we command in the name of Jesus that the sickness be relieved and that the true heart of God be felt and received in their lives. Father, you said that your peace, my peace have I given unto thee. And, and Lord, we struggle so hard with receiving that peace. I pray that we would be able to receive it tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, we stand in agreement, Lord. One body united, Lord God, under the shed blood of Jesus Christ, which declares us righteous in your sight. Mm. Lord, that the righteousness of Jesus Christ is what allows us to come boldly before the throne of grace. Father, there can be no boldness without righteousness. And Father, from that position, Lord God, from that righteousness of the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we speak Psalm 34, 19, that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all. Amen. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that we have been given the honor that no other covenant was given. We have been given the honor of the authority of the King of Kings, to speak forth the name of Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, we declare every symptom to be reversed. Amen. Father God, we declare all death and all destruction to be, to be rolled back in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And Father, for those that have been confused and hurting in this time, Lord, I just speak just the peace of Jesus Christ over the body of Christ, Lord God. I speak the body, the, the peace and the blood of Jesus Christ, spirit, soul, and body over our listeners and our brothers and sisters, Lord God. The questions, Lord God, that they have, that you will minister to each and every one of them in this season, in this time. Thank you for divine healing, Lord God. I thank you that healing is the children's bread. I thank you, Father God, it is in the atonement. Father, I thank you that it is our right and authority that Luke 10 and Matthew 28 says that we are meant to go forth boldly and cast out all sickness. Father God, that does not say that Matthew didn't, that Jesus is not recorded saying to lay hands on the sick if it is not contagious. But Father, we are to lay hands on the lepers. Mm, amen. Lord God, that under the old covenant, the lepers were cast out, that anyone who touched the leopard would be unclean, that Jesus declared to born-again Jews to lay hands on the unclean and heal them in my name. And Father, that the revelation of the new covenant of who we are in you would just spring forth a well of life. And we speak healing and health and spirit and soul. And right now, Lord God, in body, instant manifestations. I thank you for impartations of truth. I thank you for grace deposits. I thank you, Lord God, for every symptom being nullified. We speak the blood of Jesus over it now, Lord God. And we are not in a pitched battle with the enemy. They are under our feet. That your word, Lord God, that says you are true and let every man who speaks contrary to your truth be called a liar, says that the enemy, that Satan is under our heel. And Father, I speak forth and declare a revelation be imparted to the body of Christ in this hour of our true position and authority that we would mm -hmm. wield the full scepter and ambassadorship of the authority that you have given us, Lord Jesus. 
Amen. Thank you for tonight, Lord God. I thank you for divine opportunities to glorify you in the midst of suffering and fear and pain and that your love will cast it all out. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, it's, I know the Remnant Call has been a program watching the times, warning, but without healing, without without forgiveness, without knowing the love of your God. and It's just simply warning. And without reaching out and sharing with others in this such a terrible time, there's so many people that uh, feel that the churches have been shut down. I, I feel that, no, they, they've been deployed. It's time for God's people to be deployed. We've sat around long enough. And if you look at history, the greatest revivals, the greatest uh, revelations, the greatest uh, times of refreshing come in the midst of darkness. It's the way it's happened. Look at the, read through the Old Testament. In, in, even into the upper room in the New Testament, they were believing that Jesus was going to take over at his time and their Savior was killed and they were confused, but they believed in the promise and they stayed there. It was not what they had planned on, but at the end of this, that 10 days, the Lord did something so powerful that he fixed the death of 3,000 that happened at Sinai when he saved that many at Pentecost. Ourselves healthy in the Lord for this hour. David, you have got a message. This is the COVID-19, and, and, and this could be the start of who knows what's next. Who knows what's next? And so there's a giant question out there, where's God? And I think a lot of times believers, David, have have felt like, well, maybe I'm serving the Lord, I've, I've been faithful, and now look at all the sickness and the suffering. Is, does God still love me? Does God, where is he in this moment? And, 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 and we always find out really where we are in the Lord is when these crises truly happen. And so, David, please yeah. share with us what's on your heart. Thank you, Frank. I'm honored, and and it is just such a, a blessing. And boy, you just said so many things that I can, <laughs> that that we could have hours of of teaching and sharing and interaction just on these things. But I, I'm just going to share one thing that that I that that I know it is it is one of the revelations of Jesus Christ. Paul constantly talked about the revelation of Jesus Christ to born again believers, because it is the the removing of veils. What is a veil? A veil is anything that separates us from seeing our heavenly dad and the Lord Jesus Christ and the person of the Holy Spirit for who they are. That's a veil. And the new covenant where, where, where God entered into us and we became the living temple, the entire new covenant talks about the revelation of Jesus Christ and removing veils. It's about relationship. And, and 
Frank, you said something that it, it, it's exactly the, that's what the heart of Father is doing this hour. In, guys, in Acts 2, when Peter gave that sermon, those 3,000 people were demon worshipers. They were Satanists. Right? There is no room for us to make excuses anymore for the lack of love in our heart. We have to stop hating the lost because we're heaping up coals of fire on our heads. And that's a tough word, guys, and I say it in love, and Father has, has placed it in my heart in love. And that's what we got to get into our wheelhouse, that when God corrects us and instructs us and encourages us, it's love. The scriptures say the wrath of man, the wrath of sin was poured out on his son. And that's why we have peace with God the Father now. So guys, when, when, we're, when we think back to that, when, Paul was, when, when, when Peter was surrounded by those men, the, the goddess of Artemis, every Greek god under the sun, Every Roman god was being mingled in every... That's why the, the scriptures are talking about all these different pagan festivals and how these Greek converts were to handle them because they were surrounded by demonism. This is not new, guys. And the lost are lost, just like we all were. You can't be any more lost than, than lost if you either have accepted Christ as our Redeemer or we haven't, and if we haven't, we're lost. And, and that's one of the things that Father, coming into what we're talking about, what is God doing in this hour, right? So I'm not going to talk about uh, conspiracies. I'm not going to talk about political agendas. I'm not going to talk about um, what does this look like in the natural. Guys, the, the natural, um, the, this, the, the physical realm does not hold much, much interest to me. It, 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 and every season, every year that I continue in developing my relationship and my intimacy with the Lord, and I have a long way to go. He's got his hands full with me. And, and Frank can tell you that firsthand. He won't because he's very kind and supportive. But I share with Frank the things I struggle with and the, and the things that, that, that he's working through with me. And it's a love relationship. And that's what this has always been about. That's why the Holy Spirit chose to come inside us. He didn't have to. He chose to because he wants the intimacy that was lost when Adam and Eve forfeited it. And what he's doing in this season, guys, is there's things that have been taking place in the heavenlies that are playing out in the heavenlies, and they manifest in the natural. And this has been a common theme. I've always said everything starts in the spirit realm, and it eventually manifests in the physical realm. That's, that is a spiritual principle. It, will, it won't change. How it manifests, guys, will vary. This season did not begin with COVID-19. The season that we're going through did not begin with this pandemic. This pandemic is only an outward of manifestation of things that have already shifted in the heavenlies. So the question is, what has shifted? What has been shifting? For those of you that have heard me before or, or, or turned into my uh, blog and, 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 you know, uh, or have listened to prior um, teachings, I've been talking about um, for a long time now, at least in the past year, specifically on Remnant Call, how God has moved us into a new epoch. We are in a new dispensation. We are in a new season, a new time. 
Um, and that time is he has moved us out of old wineskins. I did the last broadcast of the one before that, Frank. I don't really remember, but I was talking about how he, God is moving. God is moving. He struck camp. He's on the move. Are we moving with him? And where and how he's moving, guys, is he's moving the body of Christ out of the cracked, dry wineskins of hurt, fear, pain. Hurt, fear, and pain lead to dead religion, not relationship. We cannot reflect the love of God in hurt and fear because the scriptures say perfect love casts those things out. So what he is doing is he is beginning to shake up the status quo. He, he has already begun, and we talked about this several months ago. He has already begun shifting things. He is moving about for, for the, the elders and those that are, that are called to, to move in spiritual authority in this generation to begin repenting of the areas that we have not allowed God into our heart areas of wounding, of fear. He is raising up a new generation of believers that would walk in deep, rich intimacy with our Lord. That is the new epic we are in. God is moving. He is no longer in the old camp. And that old camp, what does that mean? Old camp is anything that does not reflect the nature and power and love of Jesus Christ. He is calling us to great intimacy. That's, that's what he's doing. The next, the next thing I want to talk about, guys, is learning from our past. Because we will continue to repeat and miss the, the call of what God is doing, compromise our ability to flow in what he wants to do in our lives, corporately and individually, if we don't understand it. Back about four years ago, um, there was a season that we entered into. It was a season of grace. There was a reprieve from uh, the onslaught of spiritual wickedness that was overtaking this nation. There was a tremendous spiritual... Remember, everything starts in the spirit realm, guys. The heavenlies, the spheres of spiritual influence that take place in the second heavens were being occupied more and more by demonic seats. The church was asleep. The church was not walking in her identity, walking in her authority and power. And when the church goes to sleep, wickedness will abound. Scriptures make that very clear. And what God did in his sovereign grace, which he does all the time, is he gives the church a chance to heal. And guys, this past four years, beginning with the, this last presidential election, was a major, a major demarcation in the spirit. It was a time to heal. It was a reprieve from the onslaught that was going out against families against our traditional values, against our children. There was a reprieve from the spiritual weakness for the church to have time to heal and begin to move deeper in God. It was meant for a time of healing. From that time of healing, the church was meant to begin to heal the nation. St. Gabriel, what does that have to do with COVID-19? It's vital, guys, and we're going to get there very shortly. These past four years were meant for the church to heal from unforgiveness, from wounds, from broken relationships, from unreconciled relationships, 
from woundings we got from within each other and and where we fellowship and how we fellowshiped. It was meant to be a time to heal the past 40 years of pain and wounding that the church experienced from one another. From that place of healing, we were then meant to begin to bring healing through the gospel of Jesus Christ to the lost. We were meant to move in greater intimacy and wisdom. There was a season of grace to accomplish these things. We didn't pick up that commission. The past four years, by and large, the body of Christ in the United States has not healed. We have gotten more angry, fearful, confused, and the doctrines and teachings, if we can call them teachings, have gotten more twisted than they were four years ago. We moved in the wrong direction. We've gone backwards instead of forwards. Guys, let me pause for a second on grace and its purpose because this trips a lot of people up. And grace, typically, here's what happens. The body of Christ is typically divided into two camps, either excessive, what they call excessive grace and love, right, sloppy agape, or wrath, hellfire, brimstone, judgment, and don't understand the love of our Father at all. You know, many of us were abused, beaten by our, our Father figures on this earth. Two camps, two extremes. Because we, we, we haven't gotten into the Word of God, and, and for many of us, we haven't been taught by a spiritual generation of elders that have moved into intimacy. Right? Every generation is meant to grow up into maturity. Ephesians 4 tells us every generation is meant to move in the giftings of the Holy Spirit, in the fivefold ministries, and every other spiritual gift to come into maturity, to manifest the nature of Jesus Christ, which is the perfect reflection of the Father, to raise up the next generation to maturity to repeat the process. Grace is given to allow a child of God to transform. I'm going to repeat that again, guys. Guys, the purpose of grace, grace is to be given something you do not deserve. Mercy is to not get something you do deserve. That's the difference between mercy and grace. Mercy is to not get something you deserve. Grace is to be given something you don't deserve. The purpose of grace is to allow a child of God to transform. Grace is never meant for us to continue in our own agendas, our own fears, our own hurts. Guys, that's not the purpose of grace. Grace is not for us to do what we want. Grace always points to holiness. I know some listeners, they, well, they get tripped up whenever I talk about grace because we haven't been taught what grace is. Grace is the divine love of God manifested in such a way in our lives that allows us to transform into his image through intimacy with him. I'll give you an example. Everything in Scripture, guys, is, is teaching and application. Illustration and application. The Bible, anytime you read a scripture, it's either one or the other. It's either expounding upon how the kingdom works or it's giving an example of how the kingdom works. There was a time in my life when the, the, the moment, it was a season of my life, the moment that I 
got alone in my, what I call my prayer closet, right? We all have that expression, whatever we call it, a prayer time, our prayer room, whatever. When I would get alone with God, the second that I sat, closed my eyes, took a breath and said, Jesus, I would feel the manifest presence of God come into that room, flow up from within my spirit, man, overtake my soul and my body. And I would spend hours, hours in time in prayer with the Lord. Open my eyes, and it was like it was minutes. That was a specific grace given to me for a specific season to make it easier for me to step into what God was calling me into. It was, uh, had a specific intended purpose to transform a portion, an area of my walk by the goodness of God. When that season lifted, I had to go. I, I had to relearn the discipline of of taking thoughts captive, Romans twelve two. I had to learn the discipline of sowing my time to the Spirit, Galatians six eight. Uh, I had to learn the discipline of making sure that all my thoughts were in alignment to the truth of Jesus Christ, two Corinthians ten five. I, I had to go back to discipline so that when I got into prayer, I would instantly feel and recognize the intimacy of God in my room that I wasn't familiar having to work through. I had gotten lazy with things because the grace was so strong there for me. The grace wasn't that strong so that I could become um, carnal-minded and undisciplined and, and not develop my intimacy. The grace was meant to transform me. And so, guys, whenever you hear me talk about grace, it will always be with the understanding the kingdom law, the kingdom principle that it's meant to transform the child of God. If we don't understand that, we'll, we'll never hear each other. We'll never hear Father's heart for what he's trying to say. I know I camped around on that. It is vital. Guys, don't be afraid of the word grace. It's all throughout the Bible. It's, it's uh, <laughs> for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not a curse word, guys. We just have to understand what the purpose of it is. It's always meant to transform us. It points to holiness. It does not point to the opposite. Okay. The other thing, guys, grace is never human-centered. It's always covenant-centered. It points to Father's heart. Grace will always point to Father's heart. If you get confused on grace, just, just go back to those principles. They're all throughout the Word. I didn't make them up. But guys, this season was meant to align our hearts and to heal. Where are we at presently? Guys, here's where we're at presently. God is calling for a second season to heal. There has been a loss of seasonal commission. What does that mean? There has been grace upon elders, upon the members of the body of Christ to clean things up. Those that have not used that season of grace to allow God to transform them, mantles of authority are being removed. Many, many of them already been removed. But remember, everything starts in the spirit, manifests in the flesh. Many, we just don't see it. But in heaven, it's already taken place. Because God is raising up a body of Christians that will mature and be the spiritual elders and disciple the next generation that we were never meant to lose sight of. 
So that's what he's doing. There's a loss of seasonal commission. It is a second time to heal. There is a second call to humility. Guys, what is humility? Humility, by definition, not by man's definition, not by the church's tradition. Humility, guys, means to understand your identity in Christ. That's what humility means. It means to place yourself in proper perspective to your creator. People think that bowing your head and saying you're unworthy is humility. That's demonic thinking. That's false teaching. That is not in scripture. Right? I've said this before. I think I've said this before, Frank. Some of it happened, but it's a great example. Solomon, the scriptures say, was the wisest man ever to have lived. The church's definition of humility, by our standards, if someone would have gone to, to King, King Solomon and said, Solomon, are you the wisest man to ever live? If Solomon said no, he was a liar because God said he was the wisest. And, but if he said yes and acknowledged the truth, he'd be in pride. Catch 22. Or as Star Trek fans would say, Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> uh, but there, there's no way to win. If he said no, he was a liar. If he said yes, he was in pride because we don't understand humility. Humility is to say my worth comes from Jesus alone because pride is to exalt oneself above God's position. God said you have been made the righteousness of Christ. Pride is to try to find identity apart from the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's pride. Humility is to say, I am what Father says I am, and I place myself in proper kingdom perspective to that truth. He is calling us to a second season to humble ourselves before him. And we need to stop tossing around unbiblical definitions of humility. It is not to grovel. That's false humility. It's prideful because that type of false humility says, I concur God's favor. And that's pride, because we can't do anything to add to our identity in Jesus Christ. A lot of people don't like it, because a lot of people enjoy living in pride. We enjoy living by a false humility. Guys, in this season, in love, I'm saying by the word of Jesus Christ, he is calling the church to task for our pride. It is love, because he cannot partner with pride. He cannot partner with false humility. Intimacy comes through accepting what Jesus gave us at the cross. So guys, right now, how does this fit in with this pandemic? How is Father, uh, how, what is his divine purpose? What is part of his divine purpose during this season? Guys, this is a key point to understand. We were meant to end the division that extended over this land, politically, socially, and relationally. But instead of the church stepping into our authority and standing up in love for the truth, we caved in. We became bitter, angry, and silent. And so what Father is doing in his great love for the lost is he has sovereignly shut this nation down. There is tremendous humbling coming upon this nation. There is tremendous grace upon the lost 
to know the goodness of God. If you look at New York and you, you walk around the neighborhoods, you know what you see, which I, I, I've never seen. I've heard about it from my grandparents, never seen it. His grandparents, aunts, uncles, siblings, sitting around the front lawn, six feet apart. No radios on, no cell phones. Just talking. Healing. God has been sovereignly restoring the family nucleus. We were meant to do it, guys. We dropped the ball and it's okay. He forgives us. But we need to understand. We need to have a proper kingdom perspective of where we've come from and how God is using this COVID pandemic. He is divinely, sovereignly healing the land of the hatred and the division that the church was supposed to do. New York, I, I've never seen New York so polite, ever. From the Bronx, spent my city down the, my summer down the city. Uh, I have never seen New York so kind and giving and polite. The lost are scared. They've been humbled. They recognize they're not in control of their life. Their illusions have been sovereignly, by the hand of God, permitting this on our land to begin to question their existence in their lives. There are many, many conversions, true, legitimate people reaching out, asking, tell me about this God of yours. I'm scared. Have people come up and, and, and knock on the door with their masks. David, would you come over and pray for my family? Would you come and pray? I hear you're a person of prayer. I just mean the Walmart before they before the, the state was mandatory, you couldn't gather from person was fifty and twenty-five and ten, and then the social distancing, and God continued to just tighten the screws on this nation and, and New York is ground zero. And as more and more people were scared and afraid. And I remember I was just, I was out. I was out uh, shopping uh, one day in the, in the beginning. And I was on a, the line with the cashier and I looked at the cashier and the Lord spoke to me. He says, David, she is so afraid. So I stopped what I was doing. I looked up at her. I saw she had a red dot, painted dot right in the middle of her. She was Indian. And I said, would you be offended if I prayed for you? She looked at me and she said, no, no, I wouldn't. I said, well, I'm going to pray in the name of the one true God whom my relationship, Jesus Christ. Would that be all right with you? And her eyes got all filled with tears. And she said, I would like that very much. I'm very afraid. And the Lord said, David, turn around. And I turned around. And even though I had said it in almost a whisper, 15 people were all staring at me. The two lines were right next to each other, and everyone was waiting online. There was a group of 15 people, and I turned and I said, guys, would anyone be offended if I prayed for all of you and blessed you in the name of Jesus Christ and spoke protection and healing and health over your families and loved ones? And I watched 15 people bow their heads while they let me bless them, speak life over them, 
Guys, the harvest, Jesus said it to the disciples 2,000 years ago. Look, I tell you, the harvest is ripe. And we've been dropping the ball, guys, because we're not healing. We're not letting Father heal us. We're rejecting his love. And we're turning to false humility and pride and arrogance and rules and religion and anger looking for the next distracting wind of doctrine that we can latch on to, anything to distract us from God speaking to us about us. And at the same time, he has thrown a blanket over this nation to allow us a season to sovereignly heal. What we were meant to do with liberty, he has now forced our hand, and it's not over yet. It is not over yet. He wants the church to rest. He wants the church to heal. He wants to see relationships within the church, within families, spouses, children, parents. He wants us to reconcile with one another. He's shutting us in. It's love, guys. God is not the author of death, but he will use things. He will use things to perform his will of what he wants to do in the body of Christ. Guys, test the spirits. What has been motivating us in this time? What motivates the way we relate to one another, our spouses? How do we fit into the case system within the church, the hierarchy? What motivates, where does our identity come from? What makes us feel special? Is it the unconditional love of Jesus Christ that caused him to die for us? Or is it something else? It's a second call to humble ourselves, to repent, guys, of self-validation. That is pride. Pride is self-validation. Humility is to have Jesus' validation through the shed blood that gave us righteousness. Hebrews 5.12, guys, is in full swing. And if we have one scripture to hinge on, it's Hebrews 5.12. In fact, by the time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic truths of God's word. You need milk, not solid food. For anyone who lives on milk is still an infant. Guys, here's key verse 13. Is, and is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. Guys, here's key. He's talking to Hebrews. He's talking to those under Mosaic. Their mindset is under Mosaic law. And he's saying, you're not acquainted with the teachings of righteousness. Why? Because the new covenant says we've been given the righteousness of Christ. I won't go into the verses. I've quoted them a bunch of times. Hebrews 10.10, 10, Ephesians 1.6, Ephesians 1.4. Colossians 1.21, and one of my favorites, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we would become the righteousness of God in him. Amen. Guys, all of this is being exposed in the church in this season. Correction begins with the household of God. A great season of grace is once again upon us. That grace is different than the past four years. Guys, the past four years of grace was with liberty 
to partner with him with freedom. But we didn't, we didn't use that grace to transform us. Remember, the purpose of grace is always kingdom-centered. It's centered on Father's heart. We didn't use it for that. We went with our own agendas and self-validation and anger and hurt, and we haven't reconciled as a whole. Not everyone, as a whole. This new season of grace comes with a greater cost. It's costing us more. Liberties have been removed. They will continue to be removed. It's a time to restore the wounds, guys, within our family unit. It's a time to pour into one another what got missed the last several years. Those who don't profess Christ are also healing. That's the amazing, that is the, that is what's amazing. Guys, I'm at ground zero. I live in New York. For anyone who wants to talk about New York that isn't here, come visit. Come visit New York and see what God is doing. The lost are healing. The lost are starting to ask questions about the demonic doctrines that have been fed down their throat because the church hasn't looked like Jesus in a long time. And Father's saying, guys, it's time. I'm moving on. Who's with me? Because he's going, whether it's the whole camp or with the remnant. Remnant are those who have Father's heart. So, closing up, guys, here. Context of what's going on here. 2 Corinthians 36.21, excuse me, 2 Chronicles 36.21, the land enjoyed its Sabbath rests. All the time of his desolation it rested until the 70 years were completed in fulfillment of the word spoken by Jeremiah. The word rest is mentioned twice in that scripture. Guys, we are by the hand of God, the grace of God, a forced rest has been upon us for us to heal. The land is meant to heal. 2 Chronicles 36 is upon us. The purpose of grace and to heal is always relationship-centered. The context here, guys, that while the Lord is working on the hearts of his children, that he would force a rest upon them. He was healing the land, transforming their hearts through a tough grace that was placed upon them. Remember, right? The desolation says what during the desolation, it rested it rested. Guys, if we don't see the reconciliation of Jesus Christ and everything that goes on, we don't know him. I'm not saying we don't have salvation. We just don't know him. The Apostle Paul says that he does X, Y, Z, that he may know him. There's very few of the church in this generation that know him in intimacy. That same word is the same know that it means a husband and wife know each other relationally. It's not sexual context, but it's the intimacy, a oneness. He's calling us to know him. So, family, men, women, husbands, wives, slow down, rest. The Lord is saying to stop struggling and looking for tomorrow, looking to the horizon, looking to the next distracting thing that we can tune into. Guys, it's been a long time since we've gotten into the milk of the word. Forget the meat. Guys, this is not a word of condemnation, but when was the last time we won a soul to Christ? Guys, if during this pandemic, if during this pandemic, right, the Holy Spirit will do the work. 
the more we reflect his image, the more easy it is for someone to receive and touch the hem of his garment. The more we look like him, the more people will want to touch the hem of our garment. But it's the Holy Spirit's job. When was the last time we in love shared the gospel? When was the last time we brought someone to Christ and discipled anyone? Guys, it's not condemnation. This is a reality check, guys. We need to stop making excuses. He loves you. He loves his church. He died for the lost. That we may all become the church. We're not all gonna. The scriptures make it clear. But he died for all of us. Husbands, it's time to love your wives. Talk to them. They've been trying to speak to us for a long time in our agendas. Listen to what our wives are saying to us. Return to the love of our youth. Wives, the Lord's saying, stop your wandering eyes. The areas where our us as husbands have fallen short of your expectations. Stop wandering and looking to somewhere else to fulfill that need. Heal with the Lord. Heal with your husband. The brothers and sisters of my youth, there were many of us that were part of a great revival in the 70s. We need to pick up that hunger once again. It is our time to rise to be the elders. It's a time to take our position that we're meant to take. Children of the wilderness, please don't look to church tradition. Don't look to those that, have, that we have considered our elders to tell us how to think or feel, to tell us where identity is meant to come from. It's not meant to come from our titles, our position, our gifts, or for many of us, we've been so hurt and wounded, we haven't even thought about what gifts God has given us before the foundation of the world. And I'm telling you right now, you have many. He has lavishly given every child of God, lavishly given us many gifts. And to the elders and pastors of this generation, my brothers and sisters, many of you have quietly sought the Lord Like Nicodemus, we've tried to seek God at night so that it doesn't cost us anything. Brothers and sisters, that time is over. It's gone. It is shut up. It's no longer in his permissive will. I've been saying the last two years, hidden things are coming to light. They are and will continue. That permissive will is over. We have to begin picking up his heart and not our own agendas that are fueled by our own worth and trying to find our own identity apart from him. Guys, in closing, final thoughts to sum this up. The Lord is sovereignly using this pandemic to heal the church and the nation. He is humbling us. He is humbling man-made and man-appointed elders and self-centered children of God. 
There is a transference of kingdom resources. You guys have heard me say for the past year, a transference of wealth is taking place. A reallocation of kingdom resources is coming. Guys, this is it. It's huge. Money is flowing out of, of certain areas in the body of Christ and are flooding into others that have picked up his heart. And they're using those resources to further what's on his heart, which is the good news. Guys, this isn't wrath. It's love and it's grace so that we can continue to transform. Guys, the season will not end with COVID. This will eventually lift. Um, and I don't say this. There's no fear or dread of this, guys. Um, um, just as prior uh, presidents were not the Antichrist, uh, uh, um, um, there is a season. There are more things to come. Jesus Christ is not coming back to a stinking, decaying bride. He's coming back to a purified bride. There's more work that has to be done. There's seasons yet to come. This nation will continue to transform in another... I won't get into that. Guys, there's seasons coming that can continue to transform us. Guys, this COVID was an appetizer. It's time to realign priorities. Guys, we, we don't dig into healing when we're sick. We don't begin to understand our authority to lay hands on the sick. Mark eleven twenty three. While we're in it, it's a time to gird ourselves up, repent, so that we can be equipped for the next thing to come. We need to pick up our identity, know our authority, heal in our most intimate relationships first, then heal as the body of Christ, and then begin to reflect the glory of God. So guys, in closing, be at rest. Be filled with joy. Joy is not contingent upon our, per our circumstances. I almost lost half my family. It was a battle. It was a stretch. I'm not immune to this season. God was speaking to me. This is some of the most intense seasons I've had in my life, guys. It, it pushed every dark corner of, of my thinking that was built on lies about him. He left no stone unturned for me in this season. None. And the result, because I, I just allowed him, I allowed this form of grace. You say, grace? How is this grace? I just took an hour to explain it. Get into the word. Please, I implore you. I just allowed him to do what he wanted to do in me, and I, I had some of the most intense breakthroughs in my intimacy in feeling his love for me in hearing his voice and all the different forms he's yet to speak to me in. And there's so much more to go. I'm nothing special other than I'm his child. And it's no different for any of us. Dig into this season. It's okay. There's grace in it, and we have authority over sickness. We're still in a, in a battle. We lose it. We win every battle? No. No, and I haven't won every battle uh, but we keep our eyes on the prize. This outward manifestation, guys, will not last forever. Then we will be given a season to breathe. Now, I won't get ahead of myself. But we'll have a season to breathe when this lifts, but we're not meant to squander it. 
We have, for many of us, squandered the last four years. It's just time to move on, guys. And it's love. It's joy. We've got a lot of great things. The best is yet to come. I hope this offered some, some insights. I, I discussed this a little bit more in my blog. I know Frank has mentioned it before at dwmurray.com. Um, for those of you, I'm always blessed by those of you that reach out. Um, I, 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 sometimes it takes a while for me to get back um, to those emails, um, but I will. You have my word. I will get back to you, and I'm always encouraged to hear what God is doing in you and in the transformations that have been taking place amongst so many um, of you that have reached out to me. So, Frank, I think that's about uh, closing up on my end here. Um, and mm-hmm. I thank you oh. for the opportunity, always. Amen. And folks, just coming from a military standpoint, when I was in the Marines, um, you do a lot of training. You you go through some hard things, and, and there's some pain uh, at times and some hurt. Um, but before the battle, when you do all the training, you, you've got to take time to rest your troops. And that knowledge while they're healing and getting better, and that training that they have begins to build their character. And then when the battle hits, preparation and all those things, they click. Even when you're in places that you don't understand or know, it just happens. And David's right. If you don't take time to get healed and and to prepare See, if you allow God to heal your heart and and to heal within your family, and, and I had mentioned this before, that Jonah and Jesus were both in the boat in the middle of the storm. One was down there because the Lord, he was doing what he was supposed to do. He was rest, he was sleeping. The other one was in the belly of the boat because he was running from God. The interesting thing was the peace to the storm didn't come for either one until they got out in it. The Lord walked out and he declared his authority. And Jonah jumped out into the water. They threw him out. They both got peace, but they had to get in the midst of the storm to find it. Why do I say that? Because some of the biggest storm fronts are in our own homes. And what a better time to confront that than when the Lord has given you time to be there with your family. And for those of you who have maybe lost family or there's been divorced or there's been whatever, that doesn't mean you don't have the right and opportunity to heal also. Sometimes it's that moments where you've, your life has been to a forced halt that you can choose to either take advantage of it or, as David said, to squander it. Don't squander it. Use it right now. I know they've been saying two things are coming out of this of this uh, this thing, David. They're saying babies and divorces. That shouldn't be for the body of Jesus. Maybe babies, but but that shouldn't be for us. There should be healing. That's right. Amen. I, be- I believe God has a mission for each one of us, 
And there are bad things that are going to come, folks. The Lord's coming soon. But he also gives us a time to prepare, get our hearts right. And if you go into the battle and you're, you're, you're with the Lord and, and he's on your side and there's a confidence, folks, that's where the peace kicks in in the midst of the tribulation. So that no matter what's happening in this world, there's a confidence. There's a peace. Even in the midst of everything falling apart. I always think about that song, the man who wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. What a most powerful story that song is. Yep, yep. Lost his family. He stopped the boat over the area where they went down. And he penned those words. What can God do in the middle of your tribulation is beyond your wildest imaginations if you'd simply give him a chance to bring peace in your life. David, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for Honor, reminding Frank, us. Honor, thank you. Yeah, thank you for reminding us that there's a battle, but God is calling us to him and to find that peace, to come under his wing, under the hem of his garment. And folks, when we come under the hem of his garment, and then people, we, through the Lord, he's, he's covered us, and now we reach out to others, and there's this beautiful chain that happens there. And like David was talking about reaching out to our hem, because our hem is his. We're covered in his robe of righteousness. And you end up being the hands and feet of the Lord here on this earth. Not to your glory, because it's no longer you. It's Him that's working through you. What an amazing thing. David, thank you for that story while you were in this grocery store. That tore me up. Keep Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It is amazing. There's so much that he's doing here. There's so much. Uh, and it, and and. Yeah, I'm glad it blessed you, Frank. Yeah, I get choked up just, just thinking about it. A thousand remnant call episodes can never give me the joy of hearing one person come to Jesus Christ. David, I'm going to ask that you could close in prayer for us tonight. Thank you, Frank. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity for for us to be able to freely and openly talk about your goodness. I thank you that we can still carry a Bible wherever we want. I thank you for the blessing and the honor of technology which allows us to all join in one spirit across many, many, many miles in this generation blessings over each and every listener, Lord God. Father, I speak your blessing of peace, the revelation of your love that changes and transforms us. Lord, I thank you for your word and what you want to speak to each and every one of us, Lord God, as we listen to just be made clearer and clearer in this season. And I speak above all the peace of Jesus Christ in this season. We would know our authority, that we begin to ask questions, that we begin to seek you. But above all, I just bless 
the body of Christ with peace of mind, with the mind of Christ, and with rest. Be glorified, Father, in every area where we step out. Lord, if we're afraid to step out, it means we're not walking in our identity in you. We're walking in pride, false humility. We're looking to what others will think. Will we look foolish? Will, 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 will you not be faithful? What happens if... Well, that all those things would start to be quieted as we just step out and dare to believe how much you love us, Christ, in this hour. Bless this season that we come into alignment with you. And thank you for the opportunity to share with your children. I'm honored. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, brother. God bless you all. Thank you for listening, folks. We will keep pressing forward. There is some rough things ahead in this world, but God is calling us to peace. He's calling us to peace and to be witnesses and to share with the good news that Jesus is coming again. This is Brother Frank and Brother David Murray on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and Shalom. Shalom.